Hello, my friends. Welcome back, or welcome if you're new. This is Black Magic, a podcast where I pull a tarot card and I talk about it. I'm Sarah Black, and I'm an extremely powerful witch. Please tell all of your friends. And I am recording this episode from my friend's apartment in Vancouver. So if you hear some strange background noises like dump trucks or car horns, people shouting, uh, a lot of crows cawing, that is why. And the crowing, the crowing, the cawing crows (laughs) are actually very on theme for this week's card, which is the Hierophant. Um, So that's kind of interesting. I've been noticing, I've been processing this card for a couple of weeks now it's been kind of a tricky one for me to to get into um but the image on this card is a cawing crow so it feels very appropriate that I'm in Vancouver in the west end um where crows famously will (laughs) attack people during the spring so I've been kind of very aware of them Uh, and seeing a lot of them during my time here. So it is a very special episode of Black Magic today. Um, Not only is it the first episode that I'm recording on the road, but it's the first episode where I have a guest. Hello. This this is my guest. It's me, I'm here. (laughs) Please give a warm welcome to Brandon William Fletcher. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I'll assume uh, excellent. That's why you're here. <laughs> okay, Brandon, who are you? Uh, I am a director and photographer located in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, a creative soul at heart uh, with an affinity for the darkness. <laughs> and what is your uh, experience with tarot? Experience and interest? Um, I'm I'm less probably from the occult side, even though I genuinely love the occult. I love there to be ghosts and vampires, um, but I live in a somewhat logical world myself. So I find it hard to buy into that position of it. However, uh, I do appreciate the way that it can lead you to consider options, to ask questions similarly to how a counselor or therapist might lead you down a path, mm-hmm. um, to reframe something in a way that you might not have thought about if you're in your own room, just cycling through the same damn thought over and over and over again. Um, I feel like tarot can offer you uh, a road out or an alternative way of thinking about the same thing, which can often shake things loose and lead to epiphanies. Yeah, I think that's like the the most common thing that I kind of talk about when people are asking me about tarot and why I do it is that I think it's such a great tool for self-reflection and it makes you consider things from a different perspective that maybe you wouldn't have thought of on your own. Hmm. be really helpful for, yeah, I guess exploring different ideas and kind of coming to new realizations. So the card that we're going to be talking about this week is called the Hierophant. And as always, I have two different versions of the card to talk about. There's the Wild Unknown and then the Waite Smith card. The Waite Smith card actually used to be known as the Pope in different versions of the deck, and then they changed the name to the Hierophant to be, I think, a little less uh, religion-y. <laughs> we'll go with that word. Um, 
appeal to a broader audience, I suppose. We love secular modernity. <laughs> yes. Um, so the Hierophant in the Waitsmith Smith version of the card shows a very Pope-like figure, uh, a person that's decked out in this like very pretty Catholic-looking garb, like a red kind of cloaky, you know, um, robe with crosses and a big golden crown. She is dragged up. Yeah, and a scepter with like a, I think this is like a Greek Orthodox Yeah, I think you're right. Symbol. I feel like it's normally on the angle, but I think, yeah. you're, I think you're correct. They're, they're cross. And then at the Hierophant's feet in this uh, image are two monks and they could be praying to the Hierophant or I don't know what they're doing, but they, and then there's two keys at the bottom of the card that are crossed. Um, and so with the wild unknown card with the Hierophant, very different imagery, a lot less religious. (laughs) Um, I guess, well, I mean, the crow is a very spiritual kind of figure, there's a lot of like spiritual and underworld associations with the crow. I think different, many different cultures have had their histories for what crows can do, whether they be tricksters or fairies of soul to the underworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this card has a crow uh, with a key clutched in its talons, and then there's a bolt of lightning behind the crow, and uh, it looks like rain falling from a dark sky, and it gradually fades into white the crow looks like it's cawing like it's it's got something to say its feathers are a little riled up the crow's here for you to listen up (laughs) is the energy that i get from this you're gonna hear about it yeah (laughs) so with the hierophant like when i was doing some research on this i actually struggled quite a bit with this card because the hierophant is really a lot about like structure and um, belief systems and ritual, which is not really something I have a lot of in my life. (laughs) I'm a very, uh, I like to tell people that I thrive on barely controlled chaos. Um, Thrive. (laughs) That's what's happening. (laughs) So uh, I thought, Brandon, you would be a good person to talk about this card with because you're a big fan of routine and structure as a necessity. No for surprises. Life. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, why don't we go first into how you read the card and the way that you struggle with it and, okay. and the, uh, the structure part. And then maybe I can come in around there. Yeah. Um, I guess like, so the Hierophant, when that shows up in a reading, it typically means that you are in need of a mentor or, um, to lean into a belief system or a routine or a structure a little bit more. And I think that's the timing of this, as most of the cards are when I do these readings, is very funny because I am currently at a point in my life where I don't really have any of that. <laughs> like, I'm unemployed. Um, that was kind of like the one thing that had that infused any kind of like routine or structure into my day to day. And now I don't have that. So I'm feeling a little bit like I need to be more conscious of 
not just drifting into this, like, (laughs) you know, unstructured, like, what am I trying to say? Like, just like. Time will disappear. Yeah, exactly. If, if you don't, if you don't have those start and end points today or those rituals, you can wake up and you're like, oh, now it's it's been three months, six months. What what have I done? Yes, exactly. Like for example, in the first like week after being laid off, um, I was taking a lot of afternoon naps. <laughs> I would like just oh, I'm just gonna lay down for a little bit, close my eyes, and then three hours had passed. And there was, like, one particular day where I did that. It was, like, a Friday. It was absolutely gorgeous outside. And I woke up, and my apartment was sweltering. I had that, like, you know, like, what the fuck year is it? Like, I was so disoriented. And I thought to myself, like, okay, I'm on the precipice of sliding into a depression if I keep doing this. Um, And so that was when, you know, like, I started to make, like, a little, like, morning routine for myself to keep myself you know, from losing my mind, basically. (laughs) It feels, it's like shaky ground. I'm trying to think of a better way to put it uh, as a naturally anxious person to have that lack of structure completely and to feel that feeling you're having, which I felt dozens and dozens of times before and I will, I'm sure again in the future. It's, it feels like there's a lack of control. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like you you can't, (laughs) you can't stay there with that what if sort of, what am I going to do on the fence position? You want to come down on one side or the other, and I think the structure at least gives you something to stand on, if if not the leg up or the ladder to get somewhere. It just gives you solid ground sometimes, which can help you formulate a thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, that with the card is very relevant to me is this idea of like leaning into systems of belief. Um, and, like, of course... I always think about capitalism and the (laughs) impact that has on my life. But I've been thinking about this with this card in particular, this idea of like, you know, I was doing that. I was playing my little role in capitalism and what do I get from it? Laid off. (laughs) And so now I'm kind of at this like crossroads where like, do I put all my effort into like getting back into that system and finding another like, silly little computer job and playing my little part in capitalism or like do I follow my instincts which is to like put more effort into doing stuff like this and to like creating stuff and trying to figure out a way to you know make a comfortable somewhat living from that do you think that sitting in stillness during this time with a structured stillness would help in that clarity? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this crow as a metaphor speaks to a lovely segue of facts about crows. Yeah. Of things, maybe not facts particularly, but things that I try to do when I see a crow, which is to smile, to say hello, to try to generate a relationship with them. Because you can hear of times when crows will show up. They might be at your windowsill with a rubber band or a twig. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking for is a barter system. You can train them when they're coming to you with that system. So if you give them something shiny, when they give you something that you want, they will bring you more of that thing you want. I heard of somebody in Vancouver who had trained a crow to find them like $20 bills off the ground, basically. Oh, my God. (laughs) So my roundabout way of tying this metaphor in is to try to think of that crow as your interior self. Create a relationship with them. Feed Mm -hmm. them when they bring you the things that you want when they're serving you. Let the stuff that doesn't serve you go. I mean, I think if you're already asking... 
do I find a silly little computer job quote or do I follow my instincts quote I where are you going to go from after that sentence you've already established a path I feel right. like you're just playing this thing in your head without jumping into it because it's scary to do the jump but it feels like yeah you and your crow have already got a somewhat symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. and it's starting to bring you this stuff I think it's like it's definitely like insecurity on my part and like a lack of like feeling sure of myself and like maybe also a bit of like people or like not fear but like this awareness that like am I am I being delusional <laughs> is it like oh I'm certainly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean but aren't then, like, we all is there, yeah is there anything actually wrong with being delusional <laughs> Like, politicians and rich people get to live in their own own world. Why don't we get to? I mean, besides yeah. the millions of dollars, but, like, if they get to live in some false reality, like, let us have a little bit of false hope, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, though, because it's just, I guess, because, like, you, getting the job and, like, going to your day job, like, that's the thing that most people do that's what's expected of you that's like your role that you play in society in the grand scheme of capitalism and so when you dare to like question <laughs> if that's the right way to be living your life I think you can sometimes get pushback from people um which I think says more about them than it does about you that's almost very always true. yeah the fears of the things they realize their unrealized ambitions when they see it in other people they tend to lash out Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes I take that as like a I second it makes me second guess myself, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's more them projecting their own, you know, whatever, unfulfilled passions or dreams and maybe making them think like, well, if Sarah can do something like this, then that means that there's I'm like that means that they're the only person holding them back from doing the same and then what does that say about them probably makes them feel very like oh shit (laughs) am I wasting my life (laughs) I don't even think that they're even that aware of it I think it's it's probably more subconscious where the opposite they're probably they're trying to take you down because if you fail then well I don't have to have an excuse to try she tried it and she didn't continue so Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not following any false pretenses I've got my life figured out kind of a thing yeah like I don't think it's malicious I just you know how we are. We're all in, insecure. Right. Yeah. I think, too, something else that I was thinking about with this card and, like, the idea of, like, having a more structured routine or, um, like, daily rituals, I think it makes it easier to identify when the universe is sending you signs. Because if you're just thriving in chaos all the time, like... Where's any, the clarity? Anything can mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't ever really know. Um, and I think that's kind of how I've been feeling. Um, when recently. everyone's screaming, how do you hear the whisper? Yes, exactly. So I think like establishing those daily rituals or having that like structure makes it so much easier to identify when something is like a little bit trying to get your attention I guess it's funny that you say it that way because I never uh, I don't think I've actively considered it from that framework but when the things that I have because I do as you know I have like quite a specific structure I like to kind of wake up at a certain time I've got my five meals a day every two to three hours if I'm working out it's around like 11 to 1 yeah um 
I need those moments. I need that, like, here is my, from here to here is for this, from here to here is to this. And it's actually quite difficult when something pushes back against that. Like, if a meeting goes Mm -hmm. 15 or 20 minutes late. On the outside, like, I look very cool because after 30-something years, I've learned to not react because people (laughs) don't don't do well in moments like that. Yeah. Or they place themselves in it. So when someone's meeting goes 15 or 20 minutes late, they, they're they like, oh, it's, it's only 15 minutes. Like, we're paying you. I'm like, yes, but I have scheduled my day with 15-minute gaps. This 15 minutes pushes everything yeah. else back. It disrespects the people that come after you. Right. And it makes me feel bad because, like, I try to keep it tight and organized to fit everything in. Um, and then that means that when you have those quiet times, when you have that structure, when you've got busy, quiet, busy, quiet, whatever that looks like, you notice the thing that's off, mm-hmm. whether that's an opportunity or something that's not serving you and is negative. You have that moment where you're like, well, this doesn't normally fit into my day. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, am I uncomfortable right now? Is that because it's a new challenge I haven't experienced and I'm not ready for? Or is it because somebody's pushing up against my boundaries and that needs to be respected in a different way? Mm-hmm. So I find there's just there's a, the clarity that can come from structure. Yeah. Um, and it seems like something that people crave, like when you have your your day and that thing that you get done, you feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I realize how often I'm working hard, whether it's it's capitalism's D that we're sucking or like an actual product that I care about. Um, but as I'm working hard, working like a 15, 16, 17 hour day, I just think how much I want the time off. But when I have the time off, I don't want to fucking do. I'm just sitting there <laughs> twiddling my thumbs, watching a TV show, smoking weed. So it's, it's more, it's wanting to want the time off, but still yeah. doing something that is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I think is is the way that a, a, a solid and competent structure can work. Mm-hmm. And like, as you were kind of talking about that, I had this thought of like, it's kind of like when you are not taking very good care of yourself, it's really difficult to know when something is wrong because, you know, how often do you like Google like some weird thing that's going on with your body. And it's like, oh, do you have these other symptoms as well? Because it could be this thing and the other symptoms are like tired all of the time. Kind of depressed. <laughs> like, you are already dead. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, like I, I am pretty tired. I always have those symptoms. So that's, that's concerning. Um, but when you take like good care of yourself and hopefully you're like kind of in, in better shape and... You start a dialogue with your body and you can, you can target like, am mm-hmm. I tired because of depression or am I tired because I've been sleeping three hours a night, not eating well. Yeah. Or is there like actually something that I need to go to a doctor about? Like, is there something wrong? <laughs> I think, yeah, like kind of, it's kind of like, uh, aligns with what I was just saying earlier of just that, like when you have like a, a little bit more structure, it helps you more easily identify like signs that the universe is giving you, but also like when something's just not working I think I mean I'm having a thought now (laughs) about like just even when I was still employed like I spent so much time at work thinking about work and structuring my day around work and feeling tired and burnt out all the time but I was so used to that feeling that I didn't really think anything was wrong with it and now that I haven't worked for it's been actually a month but isn't it wild probably the first week it would have been I I bet like the first five to seven days yeah 
a weight that you didn't know that was on you that felt lifted? Was there a relief? As much as there was the stress of like not having the job, did you feel like there was a relief Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The day that I was laid off, honestly, my reaction was like, I was sitting in front of my laptop and like had my meeting. They kicked me out of Slack and Google and I just laughed. I was like, okay. <laughs> and Later. Yeah, later. Peace out, see ya. <laughs> and it was like, it was definitely like a mixture of like shock and uh, mm, like my pride being hurt a little bit, but there was definitely a huge sense of relief because honestly it was like, t- this is like time off that I haven't had since probably I was in college, like. Pro- yeah, it's like, like three my- or four years now. Yeah. Well, well, actually, mm, that's no, a joke. That- We're more mature than that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I think maybe like when I quit Starbucks, there was like a no, because even when I quit Starbucks, I started working at Mac like part time, like or on an on call basis. So I was still technically like working, but I would go like a week without having a shift. So honestly. Yeah, probably since, like, high school, college. It's been that long since I've had, like, a month off. And I love it. <laughs> like, and I, I'm finding myself, like, people are very kind and very lovely and thoughtful in sending out, like, or sending, like, open roles to me that they think that, like, I would be good at or that would be in my interest. And, like, I'm so appreciative, but I'm also, like, I'm not looking to get back into that job market at this point <laughs> right now. Like as we speak of clarity of thought and sitting with that, that quiet and, and a little bit of structure too. Um, sometimes you just need a little bit of that break to remember who you are. Like when I left Kelowna yes. and then went to uh, Puerto Vallarta for a few months over the winter, like you don't normally get a healthy, clean chapter break from all of these things of a previous life to a new one. Yeah. So to kind of sit in that silence and, analyze it over time what do you miss about your career like because mm-hmm. you do so many things sometimes and and we just like well I might be good at something and so I feel like I like it because I'm good at it yeah. or I have to do it day in day out so I assume that that's a thing that I want but when you allow your brain to kind of quiet and sit with that for a bit you recognize what you miss and things that you don't same with the that relief that comes off when you leave the job the pressures that you didn't know were there somewhat become apparent so Maybe just by sitting with it, you're going to see the stuff that you do miss. Or that opportunity, like mm-hmm. you said, you're quieted enough that you'll recognize when an opportunity comes. Yeah. The yeah. universe does provide. Yeah. And I mean, it's been also like the the time has been a bit strange because I've been mostly traveling um, in the last few weeks. Like Years. I really <laughs> That bi-coast. Where do you live? <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> But yeah, like I've been, I've been traveling a lot, so I'm very interested to see what June is going to be like when I get back to Montreal and I have some time to myself and, and seeing what I do with that time, um, when I'm not sleeping on people's, well, air mattresses. You have almost an entire room here. I do have a pretty good setup. Three quarters of one. (laughs) So when you go back to Montreal, what structure are you going to build into your life? Well, I'll tell you, because I actually had written a Notion page. Oh, my God. I thought I caught her <laughs> off guard, dear viewers. <laughs> nope. Um, so I do have a little morning routine on my dashboard. I have my morning pages, stretch, brush my teeth and my hair, 
wash my face, make my coffee and my smoothie, drink water, take vitamins. And then my afternoon, like these are just like my little things to keep me happy. But then I also have my task list. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it. Oh my God. Order glasses. Are those for your face awesome. or for drinking? <laughs> Both. Which is a nice segue. So this podcast is sponsored by Fable. If you're looking for unbreakable <laughs> glassware. Uh, I can't find it. I had like written out like a whole... Hmm. While she's looking, I can give you an idea maybe of what my structure would look like in a day. And again, it's like kind of... I used to get really obsessed with looking at those, uh, the circular charts that show the time usage by mm. artists and professionals. Like some of them would like bathe between like three and nine, would only write for two hours in the morning, but they're some of the most prolific authors in the world. Um, so I kind of wanted to make, make my own chart and see how it compared against other people. Uh, which is also exciting because I never thought I'd have my own chart. Growing up so much, I feel like in my teens, especially in a small town, it was like, oh, this is what this person did, so I'm going to mimic that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bit from this person and from this person to try to be that whole person. And for a long time, it always felt like, I don't really know what I'm doing or, or why I'm doing it. And then the fun thing about trying stuff is you find out what you like and what you don't like. And mm-hmm. I just woke up one day and realized, oh, I've settled into my own self. I am me now. Aww. Which was nice. I love that. Isn't that a cute little thing? Um, but a, a, a typical day for me and a dream one, like let's say if it's a perfect day, not one where I've got a big corporate gig because there will be days when it's just I have to be out for 12, 14 hours and you can't do anything about that. You can't do a structure around that. That's the client and that's what it is. But uh, probably my favorite structure that I would have started in COVID and that would look like a summer day here would be waking up around 6.30 or 7, which I would like to be clear, that is not regular. That is a circadian rhythm when I keep the blinds open. That is not regular. <laughs> but, so I will, I'll do that. Wake up around 6.30 or 7, have a, a first meal prep, maybe read some news or check up emails, kind of get caught up on what's happened in the world. Um, and I've got my breakfast, and I'll wait my two or three hours, and that gets me time to digest and absorb some nice, slow, healthy carbs, and I'll do a workout around 11 or 1, have a second little meal, like a shake, which you probably hear me doing my little blender in the the kitchen when I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time, I'll also probably get some work done. So I might get two to three hours of work done, um, have that shake, and then head to the beach. Be there from 11 to 3, have three or four hours in that sunlight. That's a nice walk, 5K round trip if I'm not doing another longer walk. Get back, eat again, might get some more work done, three to four hours in the evening because now it's cooler and I've got the best part of the day out. Um, And then the evening's like for me and for friends. But there's work and work on both ends of it. So probably still like eight hours total. Yeah. But with a break in the middle on the hottest part of the day when you have your FOMO, when you see the sun out, Mm. uh, I've just realized there's no real reason to push through that because no one's asking for that from me. And if the work gets done at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter when I do it is the way I look at it. Yeah. That's great. I love that, yeah, I think that was something that I was trying to, like, break my own habit of, like, working a straight, like, eight-hour day, just, like, online at eight, offline at four. The best hours of the day. The best hours of the day. And, like, try, yeah, like, trying to break that up with, like, a longer lunch where I would actually have lunch and, like, go for a nice long walk and maybe get some errands done. It was always really nice to kind of break up the monotony and I was able to come back like in the afternoon and be a lot more focused on whatever work I needed to get done. So I like that idea of like, yeah, I'm splitting it up. First work, second. It kind of tricks your brain. Okay, are you ready to hear this? Let's hear the new routine. I wrote out a whole routine. Oh my so, gourd. Um, from 7 to 7.30, I'm waking up and I'm doing my morning pages. Are you familiar with morning pages? I'm not, like, but I'm assuming it's a writing thing. Yes. Um, it's from 
this book called The Artist's Way, which is like a very popular, like, it gets talked about on TikTok and Instagram a lot. I think Bella Hadid has recently picked it up, and so it's been re re-energized in the media. Naturally. <laughs> um, but it's really good for you because it helps you just get your brain going and, you know, you get all your thoughts out. And basically it's like a stream of consciousness style writing where you don't really think about what you're going to write. You just write three pages nonstop. You don't reread them after. They're just like done and that's it. And then you move on. And then after that, I make my bed, brush my teeth, do my skincare. Then I change into my morning walk outfit and I fill mm-hmm. my Nalgene bottle with water and lemon slices. And then from 8 to 10, I go on my Kendall Roy walk, which is when I put my headphones on and my sunglasses and I look real sad. Just like Kendall Roy, to be clear. <laughs> and then I come home, I make my coffee and my smoothie, I tidy up my kitchen. And then 10.30 to 11, I catch up on my emails, my DMs, life admin. 11 to 1, I work on black magic. Then I have lunch. Then I do some kind of cleaning task. Then I read for an hour. Then I work on black magic some more. Yoga, prep and eat dinner, movie or TV, tarot reading and journal. And then 10 p.m. skincare, brush teeth, go to bed. I think something else that that structure does for you is we have a lot of pressure on ourselves often as creatives. When you see the highlight reel of somebody else, and when I mean somebody else, I don't mean like, Oh, here's like somebody's Instagram highlight reel. They're showing the best of themselves. I mean, like someone that died in the middle of the 19th century. So you're looking at their combined works of all their books, their volumes, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they've done, and saying like, "Holy fuck, how did you do that?" Yeah. But again, you look at a lot of these people's schedules, and they aren't committing more than two to three hours a day mm-hmm. at a lot of these. Like, not everyone, obviously. Like, I'm not going to paint this with a general brush, but some of the most prolific writers and creators out there are putting in like three hours a day into that. But it's three hours consistently every yeah. day. And that builds up. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're using all that writing or all that output, but you might learn something from this piece that you add to the next piece or yes. you put them together in something. I don't know what it is, but it's just a little bit over a long time. That's why we have these schedules. It's working out well. It's eating well. It's creating. It's just a little bit all the time over it because it's impossible to keep that pace up all the time. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Now... The Hierophant is not just about having like daily routine and structure, though, as well. It's the Hierophant is the revealer of secrets and mysteries. <laughs> I don't have any of those. <laughs> so, Brandon, no. <laughs> this is what the whole thing has been about. <laughs> like, so I've definitely, I'm definitely a big believer in signs from the universe. The, the powers that be, whatever that means to you. Um, and, like, this card is very much about that, like, the, the mysteries of life trying to, like, enlighten you and show you the way. Are you a believer in that kind of thing? I am not. Um, well, to be, um, for clarifying it, I'm kind of more along the lines of not that the universe will provide you with signs, mm-hmm. but if you ask for stuff and you're aware of what comes back, then you will typically sort of see that happening more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, how do I, how do I phrase this properly? I think if you are open to ideas and you say stuff, like for instance, when we were at the beach the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally have been struggling with a few things, obviously creatively, as we all do from time to time and about what direction to take. Um, and it's hard to ask for help sometimes for me, for my family, for people. But when you finally do ask that help, when you when you kind of show that you're in this moment of helplessness, when I finally tell the universe, okay, I can't do this on my own, 
Invariably, and often within a week, something will happen. Mm. The universe is just like, all right, I'm going to throw you a pill. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting at the beach, and that group of girls that came over that saw me filming you guys. And oh, like, yeah. And like, oh, my God, can you take a photo of us? These, they were maybe like 18 or 19. I don't even know if they graduated yeah, yeah. high school or not. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry, it's not really that kind of a camera. And then they spent three minutes being like, oh, my God, well, we just saw you getting the best angles. It's so good. Do you do this? You should do this. I think if you work at this, you could probably make a career out of it. <laughs> Dear readers, I've been doing this professionally for 17 years, <laughs> but to have, just to have somebody else out there, you know, say that, that unequivocal belief in yourself and to have them point you in the direction of the thing we are already kind of questioning, um, I think that's what I feel like for the universe. And not that things necessarily happen for a reason, um, but much like my chest tattoo, amorphity, yeah. um, love of fate or love of one's fate, not mm-hmm. a predetermined destiny mm-hmm. that was inevitable to happen, more so that Everything in this life that has happened to us, the good and the bad, has made us who we are today. It's brought us to this moment right here where we're recording this. And so how bad can it really be? It's, yeah. it's more of that culmination of experiences that how you how you look at it and how you frame it, I think, yeah, is so key to what you take away from it. So whether you're looking at like the universe as, as pointing the direction um, or just acknowledging you and saying, yeah, you know, you're doing the right thing. I, th- I think there's mm-hmm. there is something there. And... God bless teen girls. God bless teen girls. They run the world. You know, the <laughs> amount of times that I have heard cis, white, straight men in their 40s come to some crazy epiphany, try to point me in a direction and say, wow, you won't believe what I've just learned and it's something that girls in their teens knew since high school. Yeah, duh. <laughs> all the time. Like, my, I'm glad that you are learning and progressing, my dude, but you are three decades behind most people. Yeah. Like, you are not offering something new <laughs> at this point. <laughs> well... I think that kind of brings us to our time. I think so. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. First ever guest. And you know I love to talk. Yeah. One thing about Brandon is he loves... And this is the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. If you are still around, you made it all the way to the end of this, congratulations and thank you. Um, I'll be back in Montreal next week, so I'm hoping that I'll have a new episode next week to release as well. We'll see how it goes. I also have some dental surgery that (laughs) will be happening, and I'm kind of freaking out about it, but oh well. Okay, that's it for me. Goodbye.